What is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports. I am your host, Will Feller, and today we are talking about college football 2021 to 2022 season because college football last season, it just didn't feel the same with a lot of teams not having fans there, like the atmosphere wasn't there, and that's kind of what players feed off of uh, is the fans' energy. And so with college football basically being the next, I'd say, sport coming up because finishing up the NBA finals and then what's left. Basically we've got the college football season and the NFL season. So today I'm going to be talking about just some of the, what some of the teams I got my eye on uh, some of the teams, my top 25 and just some hot takes a little bit. So starting it off, I want to talk to you guys about something for a minute. Why is it that I'm seeing on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever social media it is, why am I seeing people say Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma are all going to be bad, especially Alabama and Clemson? Guys, just because Clemson lost Trevor Lawrence does not mean they're going to do bad. I mean, think about it. DJ Ugoiley, or I don't even know how to pronounce the last name. We'll just say DJ for now. DJ threw for over 700 yards in two games that he started when Lawrence was out to COVID. So 400 yards, 300 yards, 500 yards, 200 yards, whatever he threw for, he threw for over 700 in two games. One of them was against Notre Dame, which they almost won. They lost, and I think it was double overtime. They lost to Notre Dame on the road without Trevor Lawrence. But guys, you guys got to understand, these big programs are always going to be good. Always, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma are all always going to be good. Ohio State, because their history has been good. Now, when Nick Saban retires, Alabama could die down just a little bit because it's kind of like what Coach K is going to do at Duke. When Coach K retires, why are most people going to Duke? Because they want to play for Coach K. Same thing for Nick Saban. They want to go to Alabama to play for Nick Saban, but – Alabama is still such a good program. Whoever the head coach is after Saban retires is going to be a good head coach because it's Alabama. Alabama front office football athletic front office doesn't make too many mistakes that often on hires or recruiting or any of that stuff. Alabama does have some key losses. Um, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Even Alex Leatherwood, I, I, I'm not even going to lie to you guys, but Alex Leatherwood got drafted to the Raiders 17th overall. And that was such a reach. I started laughing so hard. Um, Patrick Sertain's gone. Just a ton of those key guys. Moses Moody. So you got to remember, Alabama just has a continuous cycle of guys. They have studs. They get drafted to the NFL, and then they just have guys that shoot right back up to where – those guys were to replace them because they get so many five-star recruits and even the four and three-star recruits that might not start right away. They get so long to develop. They get a year or two to develop, not starting. And by the time it's their turn to start, they're already almost NFL ready. So when you think of guys like that, I mean, Mac Jones, you think about his quarterback competition lately. You've got Tua. Who got drafted fifth overall? Jalen Hurts was there as well. I mean, he even had guys like AJ McCarron back in the day. They got drafted to the NFL. So 
if you're going to play quarterback at Alabama, a.k.a. Bryce Young up next, you got some big shoes to fill. Some big shoes to fill. I mean, these guys at Alabama are just, just freak athletes. And not only are they taught by Nick Saban, I mean, they could have guys like Bill, like Nick Saban might hire Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator. Now, Bill O'Brien's a terrible NFL coach, but he's actually not a bad college coach because it's one level down, if that makes sense. Bill O'Brien would not be a bad college coach at all. And another thing I wanted to show you guys, um, Georgia, they went eight and two last year. And everybody's saying Georgia, Georgia's not going to be good. Georgia's not, not the same. Well, you're just wrong. I mean, you're just wrong. Th think about this. Georgia had a ton of losses in the previous year that were pretty key to the team. Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift, all of those type of guys. And Georgia, they're a top-tier school, don't get me wrong, but they're not like Alabama where they just flow in five stars and four stars all the time like it's normal. I mean, they do get five-star and four-star recruits, but not nowhere near what Alabama does. Um, Dylan Moses for Alabama, he's not – the guy that they lost, I think I called him Moses Moody earlier. I don't know why, but it's Dylan Moses, um, the linebacker. That guy, he's not talked about enough at Alabama because he plays for Alabama. But if you play for somebody like Georgia or I'd even say somebody like – I'd even say somebody like a Texas or a Oregon, he get talked about that much more because there's so much less talent than – Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Those are like the four main schools that just flow in recruits all the time. And Alabama, with Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertain, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones, Landon Dickerson, um, you know, Miller Forrestal was a projected loss this year as well. And then Alex Leatherwood. But those guys, man. I mean, they're just freak athletes. And then you got guys like um, Dallas Turner, Damon Payne, Kyrie Jackson, Kamar Wheaton, all to replace them. They're going to replace those guys. And next thing you know, in two or three years, their name is going to be called in the NFL draft. Alabama, I wouldn't say is a certain position university if that makes sense you know people always argue Alabama or Georgia is the running back university LSU or Ohio State's the DBU I think Alabama is just the NFL U. I mean dear lord every year you see these guys produce multiple multiple NFL players and, and most of them are first rounders too so that's just insane to think about Alabama I think it's just NFL U. I think LSU's DBU. I think Georgia, eh, actually running back, he's a hard one. Georgia had like Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift. Alabama had like Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, um, a lot of other guys that I can't think of off the top of my head, but a ton of great guys that went to Georgia and Alabama, but 
seriously, I don't want to hear anything about saying the top tier schools won't be good next year because, yeah, they lost guys, but they have so many other guys that are just waiting to replace them. So many other guys that are just waiting. And I guarantee you, if people at Alabama played in a school like Indiana, which I'm a fan of, you can't really see it, but this is an Indiana shirt. Those bench players at Alabama could easily, easily start at a developing school on the come up like Indiana or Coastal Carolina or Northwestern. Easily start. And let me tell you something. They would probably compete in the Big Ten every year with Ohio State. Because I'm going to be honest with you, the Big Ten West sucks. I mean, it sucks. The only thing they have the offer is Northwestern, really, who made it to the Big Ten Championship. Wisconsin's there some years. Iowa's there some years. But the Big Ten East? Why does IU have to be in the hard side, bro? If we were in the Big Ten West last year, we would have gotten to the Big Ten Championship and probably would have gotten in a New Year's Six Bowl because Ohio State wouldn't have had to play us most likely. The Big Ten East has Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State, all of the good teams in the Big Ten for football. And Indiana has to play all of them, plus they have to play at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa this year, week one. They have to play Cincinnati? Like, it's just a brutal, brutal schedule for my Hoosiers this year. That's kind of when I lead up to. Indiana University on the come up, and people are still disrespecting them. Here's the thing, y'all. Indiana went six and two last year. We went six and two. Um, we lost to Ohio State. I was actually at a family friend's house for that game. We all kind of we were down really, really big, and then we started to come back. We were down by one touchdown, seven points, 42 to 35, and had the football. Couldn't capitalize the rest of the game. Lost by seven. Um, and then I, I was at the game where we lost to Ole Miss and the freaking Outback Bowl. What a disappointment. I was in Tampa for that one. <sighs> but let me tell you guys something. Indiana last year went through Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Three good – well, Michigan State's not good, but Michigan State's been good in the past. We beat very, very – good football teams last year. You can't tell – okay, you, you guys want to hate on IU because you say, oh, well, Penn State and Michigan had a losing record. But my response to that is, who cares? Who cares they had a losing record? Think about the talent that Penn State and Michigan have over Indiana. If you were a recruit three, two years ago, and you have the option to choose Penn State and IU or Michigan and IU. You're not choosing IU. They were a basketball school a while now. We're kind of turning into a football school because of one man, and that, his name's Tom Allen. Tom Allen really changed the culture of Indiana football. And that's why the Hoosiers are on the come up. Because Penn, you can't tell me that IU has more talent, better recruits, Better staff members besides the head coach, because I think Tom Allen is 
probably a top three coach in the Big Ten easily. But other than that, assistant coach, trainers, um, people that work on the facility, weights coaches, like you think you think that IU has has more talent overall as a football program than Penn State and Michigan? No. Michigan has the biggest stadium in college football. Why? Because people, when they were a powerhouse, wanted to come see them play. Indiana was never a powerhouse. Indiana, you could, you might make it, you could make an argument for them being a top 10 worst college football team in history. Just overall in the history of college football, IU could be in the top 10 worst teams. Michigan's not. Penn State's not. Look on 247 Sports. Look on ESPN. They get so many more recruits than IU. It's slowly but surely starting to turn for IU, but right now, no. Penn State and Michigan are way better. And just because they had one bad year, I, I honestly think Penn State only had a bad year because when IU beat them week one, it diminished all their confidence. They're ranked number eight in the nation. They probably did have top ten talent. And I think once they got beaten to an unranked team that they rarely ever lose to that nobody talks about, then I think it started to diminish their confidence. And Michigan, they're just everywhere with Jim Harbaugh right now. I mean, he was on the hot seat. I, they were signing him, but he was on the hot seat that whole season. They had some depth chart issues. Like, it was just, it was just a weird year for Michigan. And, of course, they didn't play Ohio State, Indiana, they didn't play Purdue, which IU would have whooped up on Purdue. So it's pretty funny. But one of my first teams on the come up is Indiana University, for sure. And if you don't agree with that, then I guess just watch them this season. With one of the most brutal schedules in college football, I guarantee you they'll shock you. I'm predicting it right now. I am predicting it right here on DW Sports, July 12th. Indiana will walk into Kinnick Stadium week one and walk out there with the W. I guarantee it. Just like Charles Barkley, Indiana University will go into Kinnick Stadium week one with a healthy Michael Penix, everybody healthy, and walk out of there with the W. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Watch. IU, baby. Go Hoosiers. And then Cincinnati, I, it just depends on how we play. But another team on a come-up I have, it's kind of not shocking, but it kind of is at the same time because this team's also normally basketball school. But with Sam Howell, a future first-round pick next year, the North Carolina Tar Heels are definitely on the come-up. I think that they're going to be top 10 at the end of the year, North Carolina. And the reason being, Sam Howell, Obviously, um, they did lose, like, Michael Carter. They did lose Javante Williams, two good running backs that they had last year. But I don't think it should matter for North Carolina. If you have a guy – and it's, it's shown in college football. If you have one guy, specifically a quarterback, it can even be like an edge – usually sometimes it's an edge rusher, you know, Jadavion Clowney days in South Carolina was good because of Jadavion Clowney. And then he left and they were trash. Yeah, that guy. I'm sure Oregon will do the same thing with Kayvon Thibodeux um, off the edge. Same thing you've seen in college football. When Joe Burrow's at the reins, 
LSU wins the national championship. This year, they kind of struggled a little bit. Um, those two losses, then I think that they'll finish top 10, like I said. But North Carolina, I'm sorry, I was just questioning. I think I got that all wrong. Florida didn't get a first down. Florida picked up an LSU guy's shoe and threw it. LSU got a first down and beat Florida. That's what I meant to say. I got it mixed up in the opposite. That's my bad. Um, I was watching that game live. I, I don't know why I didn't remember it. But, yeah, Florida guy picked up LSU shoe, picked it up, threw it, gave LSU a first down. LSU beat Florida at the Swamp and ruins their chance at the college football playoff. That's what it was. But back to North Carolina, um, if you have a guy at the reins, like Joe Burrow, they won the national championship and then they struggle, Trevor Lawrence. But the thing with Clemson, like I said, is I think that maybe some of the reason why they're going to say Clemson's bad because Lawrence is gone and people have kind of seen that if a quarterback goes, then it can destruct the team a little bit. But DJ, he he's fine. I, I said he threw for over 700 yards in two games. He looked like he can play quarterback at Clemson those two games. Clemson should be fine, especially because they get in tons of recruits that they can just train their guys really well in order to actually play a quarterback at a high level. But if you have a guy like Sam Howell at North Carolina, um, I think that he's going to lead them to top 10. I don't think they're anywhere near playoff contention unless they expand to 12 teams officially, but nowhere near top four, I don't think. I mean, the top four, it's pretty obvious. There's like five teams in a fight for every year, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and then um, every now and then there's like a Texas A&M, Florida, somewhere in there, Georgia. I know there was like a Washington in it one year, Oregon was in it one year, so – Sometimes the four spot can get different, but usually the top three are, are the same. Mitch Trubisky, when he went to North Carolina, he did really well in North Carolina. Obviously, was the number two pick in the draft in the NFL. Did not do good in the NFL, but we're talking about college days. North Carolina was good when Trubisky was there. North Carolina is good when Sam Howell was there. Same thing with Iowa State on the come up. Now, I'm still frustrated that Iowa made a New Year's Six Bowl last year. I don't think they deserved it with four losses on their resume, four, and they made a New Year's six. But uh, Brock Purdy coming back for Iowa State is a good thing for them, for sure. And Michael Pennick for IU on the come up, he just needs to stay healthy. He just needs to stay healthy. He's gotten hurt both of his years of eligibility. Freshman year, he did something before the season, and that's when Peyton Ramsey started. And then last year, he tore his ACL against Maryland. But Still a good season overall for them. And then BYU, somebody who's asked me about BYU, I don't think they'll do as well this year because they don't have Zach Wilson. Um, they, they still could be ranked because they sometimes always sneak up in the rankings. But without Zach Wilson, I don't think that BYU is going to, per se, do that well. I think that they'll do good um, in the independence. But if they ever join the conference, then – especially power five. I don't think they do that well because they don't have somebody to per se, carry their team, carry the load a little bit, but overall my lesson, stop saying that top tier teams after they lose star players are going to be bad. And then I said a little bit about my come up teams and then my hot take of the day 
Indiana is going to walk into Kinnick in week one and come out with a W. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm sorry I got that LSU and Florida thing mixed up. I don't usually do that, but I got it mixed up for a second, a brain fart. But thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. I know we have a lot of new followers, and that's part of the reason why I started talking about college football today, because all college football on Instagram shouted me out. Shout out to him. So the only right way to do it is to talk about a little bit of college football. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, if you're new, tune into the show in the future. I'm going to get a bunch of like posters and stuff to hang up here so it doesn't look as bland. But thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. They could have beat Florida at the end of the season if he didn't throw the shoe um, at the swamp. That was really that was really disappointing. LSC really could have beat North Carolina on the come up for sure.